That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Welcome, everybody, to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. We are jumping into the most wonderful time of the year, Lent, the season where we get ready to suffer. You know where you are? <laughs> you in the jungle, baby, and you're going to die. That's uh, right. The words that Axel Rose heard when he arrived in New York City as a teenager running away from Lafayette, Indiana. So, Jake, as we jump into Lent 1, we've got Deuteronomy 26, Romans 10, and Luke 4. As a mm. preacher of the Word, as people are uh, they're in the early days of whatever they've decided to give up or take on for Lent, what are the big themes that you're going to hit as we start with Deuteronomy 26? Well, I think uh, the, really the, the, the major theme of Lent uh, 1 comes out of our collect for the day, and uh, that is... Um, so, and as you know the weakness of each one of us, let each one find you mighty to save. And really, this is the overarching theme of all of our readings in, uh, for Lent 1, is the concept of salvation. And this begins in Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 1 through 11, our opening reading. And you have the nation of Israel right there on the cusp of entering the promised land, and they're receiving a number of new laws and a number of ceremonies. And uh, in the first part of 26, they're given the first part of of the ceremony, which is the ceremony of the first fruits. This is also connected to the Feast of Shavuot, which we as Christians know as the Feast of Pentecost. But this was a first fruit ceremony, sort of kind of remembering like Thanksgiving, giving um, uh, giving their best in response to all that God had already done for them. Yeah, it, so it's it's kind of this incredible thing. If you if you have, I don't, Jake, uh, I don't know if you have a rooftop garden in New York City, or if you've uh, been a gardener, uh, you strike me as someone maybe more worldly and sophisticated than that. Uh, mm. um, I don't, I don't know, but uh, if there's no uh, green thumb here, so uh, although just if marijuana mani- just, becomes legal, maybe, but maybe anyway. just no green thumb, just manicured fingernails, and they look great. So we're going to uh, start you, a marijuana company called Holy Smokes. So. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. The Kickstarter. Just keep watching for that. Uh, the uh, uh, don't tell my bishop. The uh, the passage begins by saying you've planted your crops, you're in this land God has given you, and you're just, it's like you're ready to sit down to your first meal, but instead of grabbing that, that biggest yeast roll or that huge piece of turkey, you have to take the best thing off the vine, off your plate, and give it to God. Uh, and there's a ceremony of offering that up. And not only are you doing that, you are saying... Um, you're saying some words. Uh, you, you have to. Mm. You have to kind of rehearse, remember your story. So they put this basket at the altar, um, and then you have to say you have to give your family history. And it's a wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down to Egypt, lived there as an alien. 
the second that's read, you've lost half your congregation. They don't know what an Aramean is. So what is yeah. going on here? Well, it's actually incredibly profound what's happening, you know, and especially in light of that, I just did 23andMe, and I found out I'm 0.2% uh, East African, which is from the, and not Kenyan, but from the Horn of Africa, like Somali and Sudanese, Eritrean. And, um, and so, but, you know, when a lot of people think about their ancestry, especially here in New York City and wherever you're at, it's usually like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm part of the Cherokee Nation and we were a proud people, or, you know, my family came over with the pilgrims and we were a proud people and all of this. But it's really interesting. They begin by remembering their history. When a wandering Aramean was my ancestor, this is a reference back to Jacob, the patriarch. And uh, Jacob, the patriarch, first of all, um, you're remembering that one, he was a shady guy. And, yeah. uh, and then um, as a wandering Aramean, he went and worked for a shady guy, Laban. And uh, this is where he gets uh, his two wives. And uh, they finally wander wander back to Israel. And, uh, and if you remember, then Joseph um, uh, is thrown into the pit, and uh, then the famine is in the land, and uh, they uh, wander on back down to Egypt, where they were numerous and few. But the point is, is that in the remembering of the history, it's not like, oh my gosh, I'm part of the Mayflower and the Blue Blood Society of, you know, Israel. It's, my lineage is actually a little broken. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, and thank God uh, that God has always been our God and has been working to save us. Yeah, there's a wonder, wonderful thing in Lent where if you do it right, it's supposed to connect you to not your, it's not supposed to be a time of succeeding in victory. Like I, I gave up whatever it was. I'm off Facebook and I was off it the whole time uh, mm. or whatever the thing is. It's supposed to get you in touch with your weakness and your failure. Uh, and here God invites uh, the people to say, not we're the best and we're winners and we come from a long line of strong people, but instead to say, I was born in the backseat of a Greyhound bus rolling down Highway 41. Uh, you know. Uh, Papa was a rolling stone. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, come from a long line of cheats and criminals and shady mm. people. And which is to say, to be honest and to say, God picked us not because we're great, but God saved us. We were few, we were tiny, mm -hmm. and but he, but he's the one that's done this thing for us. And so, of course, we give to him these first fruits, this, this, mm -hmm. this giving up. And what's interesting, I mean, if you want to talk about Lent, you can, in a humorous way in the sermon, talk about the fact that people tend to give up things that it doesn't actually hurt them to give up. Yeah, it's like you're chocolate you, you're, and uh, yeah, you know, and of course it, it's, it's Christian. It becomes Christian rehab, really, and yeah. um, and uh, that is to miss the point completely. Um, if you really want to give something up, and we've talked about this before, but if you really want to do some things to put you in touch with your wretchedness, only eat chocolate for forty days. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what you yeah. should do. Don't wash your face for forty days, yep. and uh, you will be put in touch with your need for a savior. You might even start to look <laughs> like a wandering Aramean. And <laughs> <laughs> that's but right. That's the point. And then so and as a result of that, it says you shall set it down before the Lord. Uh, you'll bring the first fruits of the ground that the Lord has given you and you shall set it down before the Lord your God and bow down before the Lord your God. And, you know, and this is the point is that all of this is actually a response to the saving work, his initiative first. It's not something they do to stay in the crowd. It's 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 what they do in response that God is the God who saves wandering Arameans. And uh, it not only includes the Levites who 
were the priestly class, but it also includes the aliens amongst them, um, yeah. and uh, which becomes the perfect segue into our epistle reading. Because wait, Jake, wait, hold comes, on. Oh, go. I didn't mean to steal your thunder. Go no, ahead. no, I just, I. it's not a lot of thunder. It's one of those quiet ones far away. But I did have one little last thought about kind of what does this look like today, this yeah, you know, confessing sure. I'm a wandering Aramean. And the thing that I think comes closest to it is when you, for example, if you go to an AA meeting and you meet somebody who's 25 years sober and mm. it, the sharing time begins and they will still say, I'm Susan and I'm an alcoholic, which is, which is a very shorthand way of saying, you know, I come from a wandering Aramean. You never graduate mm. from humanity. You never get past. I mean, it's, it's not um, sort of a false humility and self-pity. It's just an honest appraisal of who you actually are. We do it liturgically through our confession, but that's mm. the idea here. We stay in touch with our need and our brokenness so that we always are open to God's grace and his salvation. And we don't ever get to a place where we think we have any of this stuff because we're so great. Uh, we have yeah. it because of God's mercy. So that's all I wanted to say about that. That's, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, well, thank you. You know, I do mm -hmm. what I can. All right, so back to Romans uh, chapter 10. Um, the <laughs> word is near you. Um, wow. Now, is this, is, Aaron, is this just simply a formula for salvation? What's going on here? Yes, yes, Jake, it is. Uh, the Bible is a <laughs> recipe book, an instruction manual for life. And in verse basic 9, it just... Basic instructions before leaving earth. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's what it stands for. That's what the Lord said to Moses on Sinai, uh, which I'm glad those first tablets were broken because it was such yeah, a cheesy right. acronym. So I, the the uh, the thing I actually a little rant here. I had a preacher once who would always tell me that the Bible uh, was an instruction manual for life, which I was thought was the worst way to describe this book because mm. whoever wants to read an instruction manual, that's like the yeah. end user license agreement for your <laughs> iPhone. Like who wants to read? It's the most boring thing ever. So anyways, it's, it's not so an instruction amazing. book. I this, actually... this verse here is is seen by some as kind of a formulaic thing. Verse 9, if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, QED, you will be saved. Um, and th that's true, yes. But the point of this is not to create a formula for salvation, because there are many people that have not had that experience. And sometimes this verse is, is made to make people feel bad for not having that born again kind of experience in one particular way. Um, the, the, Paul's main point here, he's writing to a group of Christians in Rome. Some were Jewish, some were Gentile. There's this big conversation that he's having about uh, what's, God pur what's God's purpose in like the Gentiles have all come in. That surprised everybody. Many of the Jewish people are not believing that Jesus is the Messiah. That surprised everybody. What's going on? And Paul's whole point is just to say that salvation for everybody has got to be mm. by grace. Uh, whether you come out of the nation of Israel, whether you're one of the Gentile nations, everybody comes in by grace, not by works. And so it's this uh, total trust in God, not this working to bring God down, he says right before this passage, or working to bring Christ up. Uh, it's near you, it's with you. And uh, the nearness of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God is what Paul wants to say is, is right next to you. And the yeah. whole point is to trust in him and not in ourselves. Whether we're Jew or Greek, doesn't matter. Um, uh, we're all here by grace. That's good. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I have a drawer filled with instruction manuals that um, I never read. I don't know why I, know. I keep them, but it's just yeah. a drawer. And uh, uh, sadly, 
uh, when people think that the Bible is about instructions before leaving earth, that's where uh, their Bibles sit as well. And so, but um, gathering think, dust, unlike yours, yeah, gathering Jake. dust. Yeah, that's right. Mine's well worn. worn, weathered, and written in. So, but um, <laughs> just like Elvis's, Elvis's Bible yeah. had he wrote all these marginal notes in it. Anyways, mm. so I, I I love that though. It is um, there is just basically the point here is there's one way to be saved for all you wandering Arameans. Um, it is yeah. uh, it is uh, by a confession that it's not your work, but and Christ I, and, alone. Yeah, and the thing that's so great, you always have to confront the fact that I think people have been raised in churches and Christian environments, not everybody, but a lot of people with a lot of baggage that God is sort of out to get them. He just sort of grudgingly accepts them. And Mm. Paul says this, he says, God is generous to all who call on him. This is if you're in the Episcopal Church or in an Anglican church that uses what's called the prayer of humble access. Uh, It's said before distributing communion, uh, Mm. where we say... um, uh, we are not worthy um, so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, O Lord. Um, but, but but you, O God, your property is always to have mercy. And so many of us people feel like, God, maybe he'll have mercy. Maybe he'll forgive me. I ask for forgiveness, but I don't feel forgiven. Did he really forgive mm-hmm. me? Um, and this, Paul says, again, this is the Bible. This is the word of God. It says, God is generous to all who call on him, yeah. and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not if you call on him the perfect way or the right. It's just if you know your need, mm. like that's, 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 you're in the, you're in the right place. Absolutely. Now, traditionally on the first Sunday of Lent, the gospel always revolves around Jesus's 40-day temptation in the wilderness, um, whether it's Matthew, whether it's Mark or Luke. And uh, this year we are in the gospel of Luke, uh, year, year C. And, uh, uh, and anyway, so we uh, see Luke's account of the temptation of Jesus there. And it says, and after his baptism, full of the Holy Spirit, Jesus returned to the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted for 40 days. Now, kind of one of the ideas here, especially when you look at it and read it through Matthew's gospel, is you have uh, the new Israel. Uh, You have the new faithful Israel coming up out of the waters and is now being led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So, and, uh, but instead of 40 years, this faithful Israel is in there for uh, 40 days. However, it comes to kind of the end of the of the uh, 40 days, and Jesus is hungry, he is famished, and um, and he is uh, challenged by the devil in three particular ways. Yeah, and it's sort of interesting, because when we think of ways we're te- we are tempted, people in your congregations who are tempted, you, dear listener, how you're tempted— you're probably tempted by things like chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. You're maybe tempted to, uh, as you're watching, um, you're binge watching whatever, you know, it's late at night, you, you've made a commitment to try to get to bed early, but just one more episode, or you're tempted to, the perfect zinger that you know will cut the person you live with to the core and make them mm. hurt the way they've hurt you. You're tempted to say those words. Or uh, crack. Or crack. Also, uh, yeah. Let's just get right to it. Uh, yeah, it's not funny, but it's it is funny. Uh, whatever you're tempted by, uh, um, sex, drugs, rock and roll, or a Twinkie. Uh, those are the things that we think of temptations. But here, Jesus, you know, he's not presented with a Grateful Dead album uh, by the devil. No. Uh, mm. He's not presented with a with a doobie. He's presented. Mm. Um, with a rock, uh, a bunch of cities, um, 
and and a and a dare to jump off of yeah. a, a high place. Right. So what are these? Right. What are the temptations here, Jake? Well, I think uh, you know the the big the, the the first temptation is with bread, and uh, really that is kind of um, you know use your powers out of context here, Jesus. And uh, you know the second temptation would have come along, and we'll now eat the freshly baked bread. Yeah. You know, so but um, it revolves around kind of the stomach and kind of satisfying your needs right now as opposed to recognizing that um, God, um, even in our neediness, is all that we need. And so, but, um, and so it's kind of, you know, take your powers out of context right here and satisfy your needs. Um, take a snicker break right now. And, uh, and then uh, the second one is, is um, the idea of kind of the, the glory without the cross. And, uh, you know, if you uh, worship me, uh, so worshiping someone else other than the Lord himself, and in exchange for that, all of the kingdoms of the world. And in fact, you know, the truth is, is that the devil had the authority to give Jesus the kingdoms of the world because the kingdom, he was, you know, he's the kingdom of the air. He is the kingdom of this, of this world. And so he had all authority to give that to Jesus. Um, and so this is the temptation, take the glory without the cross. Um, mm. and, uh, and then the second temptation really revolves around, um, doubting whether God said, uh, who Jesus really was. If you remember when he comes out of the river Jordan, uh, the dove falls upon him, the Holy Spirit falls upon him, and he says, this is my well-beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And so the devil is saying, did God really say that? You know what I mean? Prove it. Mm. And, uh, and, um, uh, and so this is what Jesus is being tempted with here in the wilderness. So these three temptations, and they all really find their root in um, taking kind of the glory without the cross. Yeah, and I think what's interesting, too, about all these things, and I think the devil still works this way, with each temptation, he gives a justification, uh, mm-hmm. a way to rationalize and excuse the sin. If you listen to an episode uh, of This American Life, um, I think it's called The Devil, and one of the acts in this in this episode is Vox Diaboli, the voice of the devil, and uh, it has people describing the little voice in their head that helps them rationalize whatever they already want to do, you know, um, mm. whether it's, and they have people that are talking about eating disorders and the ways they justify that. They have two, uh, people talking about obviously alcohol consumption or sm- smoking. We're always good at rationalizing what we want to do. And here the devil gives these rationalizations to Jesus each time. Uh, he, he doesn't say eat some bread. He says, if you're the son of God, mm-hmm. you know, so, so pr- you'll, you'll be sh- doing me a favor. You'll be showing me that you're God. And Oh, by the way, at the end of that, there'll be bread. And I did happen to notice you were hungry. Um, and then with the kingdoms of the world, uh, the justification, the rationalization would be, I'll give you the power. Think about what you could do, Jesus, the ways you could fix the world if you were the king of the world, um, all that you'd be able to do. And then, of course, showing uh, his power by throwing himself off the temple. Uh, again, sh- show me, you know, show me the money. Uh, prove to me that you're son of God. Um and uh, and go- and God will be glorified if you if you do this. Um, and uh, and he quotes scripture to Jesus to say like, yeah, by doing this, you'll be proving the Bible. It'll mm-hmm. be a, and you'll win the apologetics debate. So in each of these things, he gives him a justification that if Jesus wanted to mm. to uh, to do these things, he could perfectly rationalize it. And I think that just it's a it indicates to us how we tend to think 
Um, but what's amazing here is that Jesus does not take the bait. Um, yeah. Now, and, and this is... Oh, go ahead. No, you you go. You go. No, you. Well, now, this, now, this is the point where, um, you know, kind of everybody in there uh, uh, will want to preach, now be like Jesus. You know, what are three ways you can resist the devil? And uh, things like that. And that is to miss the point of this text completely. That is to put the work of salvation back upon your listener. And you do not want to do that at all. Um, remember the line of the collect. Come quickly to help us who are assaulted by many temptations. And as you know the weakness of each of us, let each one find you mighty to save. The point is, is that actually um, uh, to be challenged by the devil on your own, you are totally dust. If you remember part of the curse in Genesis 3, um, uh, the serpent is told on his belly he shall crawl and, uh, and dust he shall consume. And we are all dust we have come and dust we shall return. On our own, we are the devil's lunch. And mm. the point of this is that here is our salvation. Here is the one true faithful one, because each and every one of us tempted with these temptations have and will continue to fall off the wagon. But Jesus is the one who is perfect. And uh, Jesus is the one who has resisted these temptations perfectly for us so that mm -hmm. in him we might be found righteous. And that is how you want to preach this passage. Here is the one we've been looking for. Here is the one that all of us wandering Arame Arameans can find find our hope in. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, it's not like, Hey, so now buff up and find, follow these three steps to like fulfill your Lenten disciplines. No, uh, have some chocolate and, uh, <laughs> rest in the finished work of Jesus, uh, because the devil flees him until the appointed time or a more opportune time, which that will be on the night in which he was betrayed. And, uh, and, uh, and was lifted up for and crucified for our salvation. That's right. And so people who make this sort of a, again, a formulaic recipe for resisting temptation, and usually the bottom line will be people will say, just memorize scripture, since mm -hmm. Jesus quotes scripture to refute the devil, uh, just you memorize scripture and you'll be able to resist temptation, which sets people up for despair. Um, because because it doesn't it doesn't work. It, the Bible's not a magic wand. It's not yeah. a, it's not some sort of parlor trick um, where you just yell out things that that uh, uh, you know make the temptation go away. I think uh, as Ariana Grande said, the heart wants what the heart wants. Uh -uh, uh -uh, uh -uh. <laughs> and uh, so so yeah, it, it's it's simplistic and silly to say this is some sort of magic trick. The point of this story, as you said exactly right, Jake, is that. Not that this is the formula for us to resist temptation. What this is is showing that Jesus resists temptation uh, for us to to um, kind of cement his righteousness, which he gives us as a gift. This is him saving us just as, yes. as much as what he does on the cross. This is Jesus suffering for us, uh, sacrificing himself for us. Uh, this is of a piece with what's going to happen, as you said, at the end when the mm -hmm. devil returns again at Gethsemane uh, and, and tempts him again at that opportune time. Mm. Amen. Well, I think that's a perfect uh, place to, to leave it. So remember, it's all for us and, uh, and for our salvation. And so uh, give them the good news of Jesus this first Sunday of Lent. Uh, God bless you all, and we'll see you next week. Bye, you wandering Aramean.
Thanks for listening to Same Old Song, and we hope you found some nuggets that will be helpful either in your preaching or just in your life. If you like what you heard, we would love it if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. Dave's all will be sad if you don't. We'd like to thank the Narrativo Group for audio production. Keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.